All right. Hey, Henry. Dave, hello. <laughs> so let's just start with the easy topic, right, first. Um, best surf spot. Do you ever surf? In my whole what? In my, in my whole life? In your whole life. You're going to hate this answer. But you're going to love this answer. First point Malibu. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, okay. it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a world-class way. We talked about this today earlier. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like it's, you can't beat it. Like good first point, head high. That's pretty much the dream. You can get like legit 10 turns. Okay, well, explain to the listeners why you think I would hate that answer. Well, I mean, we grew up in Malibu, and being born and raised here, you learn quickly that first point is not the spot to go surf, even though it's by far the best wave in Malibu, and simply because everyone and their mom wants to go to, to, to Malibu first point. Um, and, I mean, it's close to Malibu Farm. It's just it's a, it's a, I was going to say a bad word. It's just, it's like a, it's a destination that every non no it, 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 it's like a sightseeing destination yeah. it's, it's a keystone destination for malibu like if you surf and you go to malibu like you're you're gonna want to go to the pier you're gonna want to surf first point because it's the best way of malibu and it has like a bunch of attractions around it it's on like yeah you know the the crowded side of the city the tourist side of the city if you will and then like we obviously all prefer to surf waves on the west side where it's like more secluded a little more mellow less crowded um less high key and first point is the opposite of that, but at the same time, it's it's like super ironic because it's it's the best way to Malibu, but it's in the worst spot, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. So let's talk about like why we surf. So why do you? What's your favorite thing about surfing, and like what does it do for you other than just you know consume time? I mean, there's a few reasons why I surf. One, most importantly, being like it is super fun. If anyone that's listening to this appreciates board sports. They're going to recognize how addictive board sports are. And when you start getting better at them, they become a lot more fun. It's not like basketball or something where you can just shoot around on a hoop and like get a little bit better, but it's still fun to just throw a shot up. It's one of those things that really sucks for a while until you get good. It takes years. It takes years, right? <laughs> and it also looks like it's a lot easier than it actually is, which is one of those things that you quickly realize when you hop out in the water and you try serving for your first time. Um, so I mean, yeah, like once, once you get good at it, it's really fun to do. It's an absolute blast. And like all you want to do when you get to the level of where you can have fun and go out and surf and be more consistent with what you want to do on the board, it really creates a high level of motivation to just constantly get better. Like it, yeah. it, it, it drives you to become more of an ambitious person, um, in your efforts to, to dial in your surfing style, your, your, your quiver of tricks, all that fun stuff, get new boards, play around with all the different elements that there are that kind of encapsulate what surfing is. Aside from that being like the most like surface level thing, I think like on some deeper shit, um, I mean, there's another surface level thing. It keeps you in good shape. It's a great workout, right? I mean, <laughs> would, I, I, would I rather go run two miles or go surf for an hour? I'd rather go surf, surf for an hour. Even though two miles is going to take me 12 minutes. And I'm probably going to be in a lot better shape surfing for an hour than I am running, you know, two miles. Yeah. Aside, aside from that, I mean, you know, the water too, like you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, like he talks about it all the time, like being in like extreme temperature changes all the time, like it's really good for like mental health and like the body and just everything recovery in general. Like I'm like, I'm like you, Dane, like I'm, I'm not a traditional athlete where I play a college sport, but I'm, I'm extremely active and I push my body all the time. Um, so going into the cold water is like pretty much just taking like a, a more mellow ice bath for like, you know, an hour or two. And yeah. it's, it's. It's really, really, really good for your body. It helps your skin. The salt water helps dry out your skin. You have any acne, any issues with your skin, oily skin. Takes care of that real fast. Cuts and stuff. Salt water is amazing for healing cuts. 
Um, I mean, it's really conducive to, 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 to repair in that sense. And I think most importantly for me, though, like what I've really learned that I appreciate about surfing the most besides like all of like the, the physical or surface level things is like kind of what it does on like a mental level. It like really has taught me to be patient and really help foster in me at least like more of a sense of like working towards something that, that I want. And, you know, like when I first started surfing, like I'd see like pros and stuff surf, people rip and be like, Oh, that's easy. I can do that. I'm good at skateboarding. I'm good at snowboarding. I'm good at wakeboarding. Like it should transition over into this. And like, I quickly realized like just cause you're good at one thing that's similar to another does not mean that that's going to transfer. And that was kind of a hard pill to swallow for me. And as I've gotten better at surfing and I've progressed and I've put in the time, I put in the hours, I've woke up early. I've gotten cold water. I've gotten hot water. I've gotten, you know, whatever comes my way to, to get to the goal of becoming a better surfer. It's taught me that you got to work really hard to get to what you want. And when you get what you want, it's a lot more fun than, <laughs> sorry about that. So we actually stopped the recording. Um, but we were talking about surfing, right? And so before we went surfing today, actually, what did you do? Right. What did you do this morning? Well, no, in- after, after your hike, what did you do between, right before surfing? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, w- I woke up at six, hit my hike, as you said, mentioned, and then, sorry, I'm just backtracking my schedule. And, um, then I went and I took care of some business. Yeah, no, the business. So what was the business part? I'm trying to, that's from, that's about. Oh, that's the only guy. I had a meeting with a really successful realtor out here in Malibu, um, that I'm trying to join his team. I'm trying to transition from my current team over to his because yeah. he's the king. And I mean, if you can't beat him, join him, right? Right. So what, what's the motivation between for, you know, I mean, you're saying, can't beat him, join him. But other than that, what do you want to learn from Chris? And I, I definitely, first of all, want to, want to learn one, all the ins and outs of the real estate game on the contractual side of things, which I think is something that people undervalue because in order to be your, your, your own agent, to be your own boss, to build your own brand, you need to know the ins and outs of like the little things, the shit that no one wants to do. Excuse my language. Um, and, you know, working with other people that are already successful, like they'll, they just kind of want you to feed them clients and like, they'll help you close a deal and you won't be involved from, you know, if, if A to B is, is bringing the client, they'll handle B to Z, right? And B to Z doesn't seem like very important because bringing the client to the table is what gets you paid. But to be able to do that on your own and not have to bring someone else that's going to take half your commission, it seems like a much more valuable skill now, right? If, if you're going to get a $500,000 commission, you have to split with someone that's two fifty now. You get that whole five hundred grand if you just know how to handle the escrow. You know how to yeah, handle. Yeah, so you're so are you trying to have the ultimate goal of you know representing your own your own self? I mean, own eventually, I, I think I think that's the idea, right? Like ultimately build my brand, but at the same time too, like I also at the same time like am so appreciative of anyone that will give me the opportunity to learn underneath them and learn that B to Z, right? Um, proverbially speaking, and and I have no problem working with someone like that for 10 to 15 years, especially if it benefits them because it will benefit me so much in the long term. I mean, yeah, you're working for the number one real estate agent in the world, would you well, say? Well, no, I... I, I, uh, I residential. I, yeah, res- residential in Malibu for sure and like top top 1% producer in, in, in the world for sure. Yeah. What do you think separates Chris from competitors? Well, I mean, you know, Chris, Chris said it really well in an interview he did in 2015 which was for his actual top producer interview um, at Coldwell Banker when he won their top producer um, for the year. He said there's like three things that like people need to like really exercise in real estate. And like the first one would be confidence. Like if you're not a confident person, energy is attractive, right? Like if you do not have that confidence, you're not dripping with with just that, <clears throat> that fire, right? That fire, that sauce. 
Um, like people, you need juice. You need juice. People aren't going to want to work with you. And also at the same time too, if you don't have that, they might want to work with you, but they're not going to be confident in you if you're not confident in yourself. And that's something that's very important when you're you know, trusting someone to sell your 10 to $100 million asset, arguably your biggest asset that you own. You want to be confident in them just as well as you're confident in yourself. Like that, yeah, yeah. That's contagious. Number two is integrity. I really like this part a lot. If you are dealing with a client that even though it's so hard to, to think like this in the moment, because especially as, as, as a newer agent, when you're dealing with someone who's like, oh, I want to buy a $10 million house, a $15 million house, and you're looking at a $250,000, $300,000 commission opportunity and a really big sale for, for you know your brag book, if you will, you're like, I want to do everything I can to make sure that the sale goes through because you're looking at the money. But at the same time, your integrity and your reputation are everything in this industry and working with someone that's going to take away your confidence because they're beating you up and treating you like um, like a slave. Not as if you're working with them, but you work for them, which you don't. You don't. You're working with them. You're helping them accomplish a goal that's going to give you guys both a beneficial outcome. That will really hurt you. That might end up making you lose five deals just to get that one deal. So it's like, you know, if you have a client that's compromising your integrity, hurting your confidence ultimately – Bail them, fire them, get rid of them. It's not worth it. Don't look at the money signs because the money signs aren't going to do anything for your reputation. That's just a check in your in your in your in your pocket, and that's going to last only so long, right? And then the last thing is tenacity, right? This game is 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 hard. A lot of people in Los Angeles have their real estate licenses. A lot of people pursue this as a part time gig because they can't and don't have the means to pursue this full time. It's 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 a relentless pursuit. Like you may not see income for 2 years and even when you see income in 2 years, you might get a big payday, it might be a big check, but you don't you don't know when your next check's going to come from or where it's going to come from, sorry. And and that's just like, you know, that's part of the thing that's fun about the game, but it's also one of those things that if you have bills and you have kids and you have a mortgage and you have payments that need to be made on a date each month. All right, so we're dealing with this app for the first time, so cut off on us again, but Henry, you were talking about how you might have to sacrifice things in order for, you know, a substantial income. But also something we talked about in this class that I'm doing this podcast for is like finding in your career field something that you're actually passionate about too. The balance. Yeah. Between so passion where, and, and... Where, do you have that balance with the real estate or is it – are you think you're sacrificing things that you love to do for the income? I mean, you know, I think it all depends on the specifics of the individual, right? Like some people are okay with – making 60 grand a year and just having enough money to have, you know, an apartment and have enough money to take their girlfriend on dates and get their beer at nighttime and like, you know, work a job that isn't as demanding of one's personal time where they don't ever really have to question what that balance is because they just know what it's going to be. And, you know, I'm envious of those people because that real realistically is, is, one of the most beautiful things in life. It's all about happiness. But at the same time, you know, like for someone like myself who's very ambitious, who's outgoing, who has high standards of, of living, there is definitely that inherent need to to be able to generate large amounts of income to support a certain lifestyle that makes you feel comfortable. Not makes you feel happy. You know, your the lifestyle and the things you're able to buy shouldn't be a determinant factor of what delivers you your happiness, but more about what makes you feel comfortable, right? Like if you can go to sleep knowing at night that you don't have $3 million in the bank and one day you're going to be 75 years old and you're going to have grandkids and you're going to have things you need to pay for, whether it's health, whether it's your, you know, grandchildren's tuition to college, whether it might be paying for your granddaughter's first wedding. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like ultimately like it comes down to what you want and what makes you feel comfortable. But I think the most important thing is finding a way to maintain that balance. And for me, tying back to the surfing and stuff, like 
I find my balance a lot with surfing and being outdoors in nature. Like when I'm able to be active, I'm able to be outside, I'm able to burn some calories and work hard at something else other than making money. That like helps me find my my motivation to be ultimately happy, carefree, and like live my best life because I'm able to work hard at something else, right? Yeah. And and I think that's what everyone needs to do. They need to have a you know, a, a an external separate from your business, separate from money. So if your business or whatever your income is, is something that you're maybe not 100% passionate about, you need the balance. Yeah, you something. need a creative outlet that you are passionate yeah. about. Whether that generates money or not, doesn't matter. Like just something that you work at to get better at that's separate from working at to get better at to make money. Do you, you think, know? Do you think the passion you find in real estate um, as a broker would be the ten- – like you talk about is the tenacity it takes to like the hustle. Some would say like the hustle in a way like – you're constantly working and there's a hustle to it. Is that the passion you find in real estate? If there is that passion? Oh yeah. I mean, well like, I what think, is the passion in real estate? Well, what I'm for, for me personally, it's like one, like, you know me, Dane, I'm a hustler. I have a lot of energy. I'm very ambitious. Um, I'm super motivated and real estate provides me an outlet to express my ambitious, my motivated side. Um, because everyone else you're working with that's successful shares those same traits with you. But I'm also a very creative person. I'm artistic and I, I, I need an outlet to express my creative side and real estate happens to kind of combine both those things to me in a certain way. And I'm sure people that are listening to this are wondering like how does real estate help you express your creative side? Well, it's very simple. I mean if you're selling the same condominium 150 times in Palm Springs where there's massive developments and every house looks the same, there's no creative aspect to it. There's no architectural – you know, beauty to each home. But like out here in Malibu, like these houses are all designed by different architects. They all have a different, a different vibe to them, if you will. Um, they all have a different, a different, a different, a different, yeah, different beauty to them. And, and they're all individual and unique in their own sense. And they all tell their own story, especially out here in Malibu where everything is so old, right? Like everything started from, from stucco and, and, and dirt out here. And, and, you know, everything starts like that to a certain degree, but out here, everything is turned into something so different. Um, an individual. And I think for me, it gives me the opportunity to see different styles, different designs and, and get not motivation, but inspiration from the way people have designed their homes. I mean, and that, and that I think that's it. it combines both the creative side and also is able to help, you know, sustain the lifestyle in which that I, in which I live and it, it makes me feel comfortable. And, and I think it, for me, it's the best possible career. Amazing. Well, that was a great talk. And Thank you for talking with me. Anytime. Let's do it again sometime. Amen. Yay!